to this week's episode of Please Watch This, a film podcast where two film-loving mates with gaps in their viewing history recommend films to one another so they can once and for all decide who has better taste. My name is Hugh Dempsey. I am joined as always by the man, the myth, the legend, Sam Blakely. Hello, Sam. I felt like you were really bigging me up there. I was. I was being nice, wasn't I? Pretty nice compliments in 20 years. That's well, still, well, you call me the man, <laughs> the myth, yeah. the legend. So. <laughs> That's the thing he used to say it all the time, didn't he, on the big breakfast, Johnny Vaughan? He used to say a lot That's... of shite at Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I probably would have found him annoying if that was on today. But when oh, I was yeah, 11, yeah, yeah. If, you you, if you were 12, well up you would have him annoying. <laughs> I was the same. I was like, when I heard people find him annoying, I thought, yeah, why? Uh, oh, yeah. It's really <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of that joke from the thick of it, like where she, where um, Malcolm's having a go at Nicola, and he goes, "You know, you're like the the, pres- the last presenter of the big breakfast. No one fucking remembers you. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not like Chris Evans or you know, fuck knows why people liked him, but Johnny Vaughan." <laughs> and again, yeah. another ref- another reference to the, th- the thick of it, which will never well, will never stop referencing. I, 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 yeah, that's just just face it, listener. We can't ruin it like you did with community. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. How how have you been, laddie? You know, uh, I broke up today for Christmas from uh, work slash school. Oh, today, I am uh, like a dog with three dicks. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Fine, cool. I, mean, I thought you. Uh, I thought it was tomorrow. Actually, I was going to ask. Yeah, no, we, we're we going to have a te- teacher training day sometime next spring, and they thought, oh, we'll just make it the last day of term before Christmas, so so that we're 10 days away from Christmas, really, although we're not. Um, or something. You, <laughs> I can't remember. When are you back in? When are you, how long have you got off, then? Because, yeah, it's like the 17th today. It's usually the sort of 20th, 21st, isn't it? Yeah, well, we're in on the 4th, so a bit earlier than Yeah, normal. that's... But, you know... That's still... That's more of a break like than most industries, so no complaints from me. Yep, some people will be working very hard. Uh, they will indeed. Made yeah, as for me, I'm I'm not too bad. We're still in tier three lockdown here, so mm. nothing other than the shops are open, really. Have you had an eventful week? Then you just uh, locked down, doing shit all normal sort of stuff. Yeah, I managed. I managed to watch. I finally watched um, Westworld. If you've ever. Oh yeah, what well, the Yul Brenner or the TV show? The TV show. Oh, the, I've seen the, the film. Have you yeah. seen the film? No, I've never seen the film. Oh, well, let me is just it actually, add that is it to the good? list. Uh, Hugh, Phil, for a second while I add this to Hugh's watch list. Right, okay. Well, I can talk about the TV show Westworld, which it's good. It's really good. I must admit, it, um, at first I wasn't... It took me ages. I mean, it took me literally years to get into this. I think I watched the first, like, two and a half episodes about two years ago, <laughs> at least. And, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those shows where once you kind of get with the vibe of the show I think then it gets good if that makes sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's like a really you know when people talk about a hostile work environment <laughs> you know like the way pe- like the people talk to each other like absolute dog shit like you know the HR department at this place must be overflowing they're so horrible to one another they're, they're like actively mean <laughs> right. which kind of makes me laugh and um yeah, and then it does literally become a hostile work environment. But uh, before then, yeah, you're wondering... I mean, I even Googled it at one point. I was like, hostile work environment? You know, see if anyone else had, like, picked up on this as a joke or whatever. But, I'm, yeah, I'm it's like... I mean, I love the film. I've watched it a couple of times with my mum growing up. Um, and, 
it looks good. It's like it's like a lot of those Sky Atlantic type things. I think uh, Chernobyl was one of those as well. Just never. That was good. Never got around to it. I heard it was fan bloody fantastic. Yeah, it's like I said. It you. I must admit, I wouldn't want to watch it week to week. Because I think if I watched it week to week, it's quite. It is a bit of a slow burner. It right. does doesn't it doesn't move quickly, if that truth be told. But. Well, I did yeah, the same with The Wire. You know, I watched the first few episodes of The Wire, then a year later watched the first three episodes again, and then a year later uh, watched the first three episodes again, then the fourth, and thought, yeah, this is the best show I've ever made, and carried on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, that's but it. i tell you one unique distinction it actually has. It's probably the biggest, like, mainstream show that's, like, the two lead characters are both women. Huh. I noticed that. Like, yeah, when you've got your first, you know, your credits, like you, you usually have your individual credit, don't you, for uh, each are actor. Are forgetting about Rizzoli and Isles, Hugh? That was very mainstream and very <laughs> successful. But, um, yeah, like, yeah, it's Evan, Rachel Wood and Tandy Newton. Rosemary and Tide. Have you, not, have you thought, forgot about Rosemary and <laughs> That international hit all over the world. That, you know, HBO puts millions into Hugh. each other. Birds of a feather. <laughs> that searing drama, drama slow burner. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Holding apparently they're doing a gritty reboot of, um, <laughs> of Fresh Prince, aren't they? So maybe they'll do one for Birds of a Feather. Good God. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I like Birds of a Feather. I think they did reboot it a few years ago. But Good thing. you'd be surprised to hear oh, we're not here to talk about that. I mean, I don't, no, we're <laughs> that's, not, that's we? the extent of my knowledge on that. Well, Sam, as you know, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> um, so I thought we would once again do a Christmas film. Yeah, woo, jingle bells well, and all that. Is it, is it Die Hard? Um, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I'm bored of it. <laughs> yeah, we've both seen Die Hard. Uh, but in the vein of Die Hard, I thought we would watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, because you've never seen it, have you? I've now, mate. Let's go. Hurry up. It's not my fault. Just shut up and run. Hold it right there. Harry was a small-time crook. Oh, boy. Till he opened the door. Oh, no, no, we're not ready for your audition. Just take him, he's ready. You ready, right? To a really big break. Quit acting like the good guy. You got your partner killed. You killed him. See, this is what I'm talking about. Old-school method. Get me Gabe Perry on the phone. But he'll need a real cop. Detective lessons tomorrow for your acting. Oh, you're the uh, consultant. If he wants to act the part. You must be Gabe Perry. Still gay? Me? No. I just like the name so much, I can't get rid of it. So what do you do? I'm a private detective. You think I'm a detective? Of all the idiot things to do. My sister... Honey, Are you going to help me? I got to check my schedule. Can you help me, Harry? Because you're I, not going to help me okay, find somebody okay. else. So sometimes I have other... Oh, uh, my caseload oh, is, is pretty... Thank you. From Shane Black, the creator of Lethal Weapon. Do not play detective. Moron. Go home before the bad guys do something bad right. to you. Two corpses in three hours. I mean, that's unusual, right? Yes. Comes a mystery. It's a frame up. First things first. Do you have the corpse? I, I got rid of it. You threw it away. Yeah. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? A picture of me? No. The definition of the word idiot. That starts with a kiss. Why'd you lie to me? It was an excuse to stay around you, so I mean, I think... Ow! Did I just cut off your finger? Yeah. It's on the floor. Pick it up. Pick it up. And ends with a bang. Where is the girl? You put a live round in that gun. Oh, yeah. There was like an 8% chance. Eight. Who it? taught you math? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. What do you think, I'm stupid? Val Kilmer. Yes, I think you're stupid. 
Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Oh, hell. Kiss me. What? Kiss me. No, no, no. No, no, no. These lessons suck. You have, well, now you have, yeah, but before now, you hadn't, had you? True, there is truth in that statement, yeah, I'd never there seen There is, it. yeah, and it's a film that is nominally set at Christmas. <laughs> Although <laughs> I, I must admit... Like, at what point is this? Oh, there's a, there's a yeah. Santa hat, <laughs> three minutes in, and yeah. then... Ah. I, must, I must admit, now I'm watching it again, it, it really, you could, we could have watched this at any time during the year. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, I had a very vivid memory of it being very Christmassy. It and now, falls very much into the camp of Lethal Weapon and uh, Die Hard as a Christmas film. Yeah. Probably I'm, less Christmassy than Die Hard. I really want to do Batman Returns now, because that's normally set at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so we're doing uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, so Sam, what I'm going to do for you now, is I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of the film. Do it. Whip sharp, lightning fast, like the like the dialogue in this film. I'm going to be as quick as I can. Is it going to so, be spoilerific? Of course it is. I mean, get get with the time. So, <laughs> kiss kiss bang bang. Written by uh, Hollywood's highest paid screenwriter um, Shane Black. Written and directed. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, back in the eighties, you know, when it was acceptable, uh, he did <laughs> lethal. He wrote Lethal Weapon, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, he was in Predator, as we Plus, saw. Yeah, our second uh, Shane Black. Uh, offering yeah he's gone on to do other films like Iron Man 3 which has its has its highs and it's got its critics has its lows yeah there's only one problem I find with that film the Mandarin, I know we're not here to talk about that is that number 2 is Mandarin three. number 3 right yeah and I don't mind that like that switch of it being other Mandarin is just an actor because that's quite funny it's the fact that he doesn't really resolve his um, his PTSD issues yeah. that he's having and then he's just and back it's just, for the for the yeah, and, well, yeah I'm fine yeah just... I'm fine <laughs> the only time you actually see another glimpse of it is when I think he gets he um, when he gets back from outer space in yeah. uh, Endgame yeah definitely and he has that little rant at I love Captain those films America. I just uncynically love those films they're good especially films especially Endgame and Infinity War which we've talked about at length and they're mm. So yes, so he's also written uh, The Nice Guys, which shares a lot of themes, I think, with this film, quite frankly. Very similar. Um, yeah, they are very similar upon re-watching this again. Um, so yes, so you've got Robert Downey Jr., you've got Val Kilmer and Michelle Monaghan, and they play the three main characters in a L.A. noir crime drama, I think that's the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about um, RDJ accidentally gets... Um, he, he's he's a criminal who robs things for a living. He's trying to escape from the cops. He runs into this um, building and it turns out there's a casting and he accidentally basically gets asked to go out to Hollywood to be cast in this new film because he gets... Yeah. Uh, he's an actor who accidentally becomes a detective but he also accidentally became an actor accidentally as well. Accidentally became an actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to sort Accidental up. detective by... Yeah, steps. he gets set... Basically, the company's working for or he's being they they want him to go out and do some um work or they want him to shadow or to follow around a private detective and you know to help him with his acting skills darling and he gets he basically gets paired with a guy called uh unambiguously gay perry <laughs> uh, yeah and he's not gay very perry. happy it literally is his sexuality yeah no it's very much about how gay he is um um so hijinks you know plays out and it's all about crime and um, murders and bodies and people being set up by criminals and 
Yeah, it's just it's basically it's it's more about the kind of the the dialogue, the relationship between uh, the three main characters, sort of how it turns out uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Michelle Monaghan's character they actually grew up together. Um, despite the fact that <laughs> I think even one reviewer was like, "Oh, uh, the first thing of like." movie magic it wants you to believe is that uh, Robert Downey Jr. is is and Michelle Monaghan are the same age. <laughs> I, that hadn't even occurred to me, but yes, that yeah, is very Hollywood logic. There is, there is, a, there is, a, <laughs> there is an 11-year difference between them. R- routinely, women will play the, the mothers of actors who are older than them, <laughs> who in another film will play their, you know, uh, their yeah. daughter's husband or something like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, they'll be like 10 years older than them or something like that. And it's like, yeah. you're my teenage daughter. And was, the daughter's 20 and the mum's meant to be 50 or something. And the mum's she's like 27 30. now. She's there for a MILF and she's got she's, whatever Meryl Streep is going for, that's what she's going for. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they unlock, they basically, they, uh, yeah, hijinks and all that. And it's like the, it's a crime it's a crime film and they're at the centre of kind of unravelling the mystery it's like a crime mystery LA noir sort of neo-noir film and, yeah, he's, um, he's embroiled which you never hear in any other yeah. context he's getting himself embroiled in some yeah mystery. it's yeah it's very much yeah he's kind of Robert Downey Jr.'s character isn't he's not the mastermind he is um, a victim of it so to speak <laughs> and it's him trying to survive half the time and yeah um, would you like to know why I like this film Sam? give it a give it a both barrels. Give it a go. Both barrels. Okay. I'll give it a um, I'll give it a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> What's that gun called? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the packet, yeah. That's right. Behringer, that's it. Yeah, I'll give it a Behringer. Yeah. <laughs> two two pumps in a <laughs> It's like the noisy says. cricket in uh, Men in Black. Yes, yes, it very much is in this film. Um so yeah, what I like about it, um yeah, it's Shane Black and Robert Downey Jr. probably at their best in terms of their, you know, their their best qualities. You know, you've got Robert Downey Jr. with smart dialogue and um, quirky behaviour and, you know, reacting well to things and kind of being passive but also being active and funny at the same time. Um, you know, it's a very funny film. The dialogue's really, really good. The the uh, storyline's pretty good. Um Michelle Monaghan's really good in it. Val Kilmer isn't isn't dislikable in this film, which he tends to be in a lot of films. <laughs> you know, he's um, yeah. I think I think the fact that I know how much of a twat he is <laughs> very much colours my like opinion of Val Kilmer. But I think he's. I mean, does he have high profile moments, or is he just known as a twat? Um, I think he's had some moments um, over the years. I don't know them. I can't remember them off the top of the old dome piece. But yeah, I think he's. I think there was issues when he was doing the Island of Doctor Monroe, and I think he had some issues when he was doing Batman Forever and stuff like that. Um, and there's been, I think there's other people who just said he's just a horrible person to work with. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's good in this. Um, it's very self-aware, you know, very sort of uh, fourth wall breaking. You know, he talks about being the narrator, and he's in the flashback. He's getting people to move out of the way, and he's like, <laughs> "You don't, ha- I don't see any other narrator around here, do you?" Now, well, come on, well, let's get on with it and all this. Um, so yeah, it's very much. It's a film that kind of knows it's a film. You know, even at the very end when. Gay Perry talks to the camera and, you know, apologises to the Midwest for saying fuck a lot, <laughs> which I really love. Um, yeah, Michelle Monaghan's really good in it. I, I couldn't, I didn't actually remember it was her in it, to be frank, uh, when I 
recommended this film to you and we were kind of talking about it. I don't recognise her at all. What else would I have seen her in? Does, she, I mean, she, she's been in stuff. But yeah. I can, I mean, she's I can read you some of... No, I mean, I, I had a quick be, look at the IMDb. She wouldn't be A-list, but she wouldn't be like... You know, you wouldn't be surprised if you saw her in something. Is that's that's the point I'm trying to make? She's got that, you know, those Hollywood good looks. So she's she's beautiful. She, yeah, yeah, she's just. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, she's been in good stuff. You know, she's been in a Mission Impossible film. She's been in Pixels. Less yeah, I don't that, think I've seen a, I don't think I've seen a Mission Impossible since Mission Impossible Two. Oh, she plays um, his wife in it. That's it. In Mission <laughs> Again, Impossible. About, 20 years younger Jude um, Machine Gun Preacher Eagle Eye yeah she's I get you said films. oh I could read your IMDb list uh, yeah and I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> um, so I haven't seen anything else I don't think fair enough well she's been in stuff you probably just haven't noticed so yeah so you've got a great cast good storyline very funny um, very self aware very smart what else can I, it's set at Christmas so you know you've got that as well <laughs> it's perfect it's got a really Christmas good film. Christmas marriage message yeah yeah um, what you might not like about it is maybe it's too self-aware for your for your for your liking maybe like oh well I like it initially but then it's like you know you're so self-aware you've you know you're like the AI that's becomes self-aware you know it's, it's only that I want to destroy <laughs> yeah maybe it's yeah maybe it's cliche or something like that but you know the reason it's cliche is because you know people like Shane Black made it cliche maybe not mm. obviously narration and self-aware and fourth wall breaking but definitely some of the ways that the action unfolds in this film might be a bit cliched you know it might be oh well here's another version of lethal weapon if that makes sense right, right or something yeah. along those lines you know you can see the kind of um, you can see the links, you know that kind of a way. Um, the 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 use is quite gimmicky in its use of its like flashbacks, and it's you know it'll like pause the film and he'll go and he'll go back and he'll have to tell you something else and all this stuff. Um, and maybe that that gimmick kind of they have it in the first half of the film, and then it kind of drops off in the like maybe about half an hour into the film, and you might be like, oh well, wouldn't it be good if you know if he was able to. T- do more flashback stuff if that makes sense and have it like sort of told through that lens a bit better rather than just uh, using it like at the beginning when he uh, wanted to try and establish some stuff um, but yeah I, I don't know it's either I, I can't I think I, I think you'll have liked this film I can't see why you wouldn't have liked it it seems right up your alley and I know that you do like the nice guys so I think you'll like this as well quite frankly that said, find what out. we're going to do, find out. we're going to have a break, and then when we come back, uh, Sam's going to tell us what he did and didn't like about um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. Uh, so now we're going to do what we usually do on this podcast. Uh, ramble and talk a bit about nothing and maybe mention community <laughs> and, uh, and as long as we get the email address in by the end we're good yep yep uh, we're going to get Sam's views on uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Sam tell me what you liked about this film I uh, liked a lot of things about this film Hugh um, you're right in your prediction and not to not to skip ahead to the uh, more holistic review I did really enjoy this film yeah uh, as you know I really like Nice Guys 
Um, and it, and it is that, isn't it? You know, it's nice guys just with two different actors and a slightly different story, but it's kind of a pulpy noir, um, yeah. odd couple, slapstick. One of them's one of them's kind of uh, you know experienced and and savvy. The other one's a complete fucking idiot. But I just found it to be fun, you know. Like we we talked a couple two or three weeks ago about Anonymous, and there was just no fun in Anonymous at all. Uh, and you know, not to shit on that awful film uh, again it's one of those again i'm gonna hear that film more and more as time goes by i probably didn't even hate it that much when i first watched it <laughs> but just in retrospect you know it's funny Keeping dialogue. Your character of when you hate a film you just carry yeah, exactly. on hating yeah. on it. <laughs> fucking empire strikes back it's been a year and a half now um yeah you know, it it, <laughs> it's uh, it's we haven't done frozen uh, it's fun and I, I did really enjoy the postmodern narrator stuff it was very it's very early noughties scrubs kind of uh, fourth wall breaking you know I'm going to tell this story and mm. you know you're not you're not going to be quite sure exactly how true it is or when he's going to interject again and that was that just added to the fun I think what's really good is having um, sort of tonal consistency in that sense because that you couldn't just put that mechanism into any film and make it better well you said you said previously on the podcast that um is it they say that um, having an adding a narrator is a sign of lazy writing or something like that or bad writing? It's often a crutch. It is yeah, often a crutch. crutch but, that's it. But that's more. And, and in for, this film, it was for a drama. Yeah, where with this film, it was, it's almost like designed around it to the you know. Yeah, it, exactly. It, it works because it's supposed to be somebody telling a story. Yeah, with all of the confusions and confabulations that come with that you know yeah. and, uh, oh I need to tell you about this bit before I tell you about that bit sort of thing and he does and he, you know he's very it's very meta there and yeah, of all like the a, actors to do that RDJ is a, a good person to have in yeah that it's like oh it's like my dad telling a joke where I forgot to tell you about the blue horse <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, yeah. he forgets to go and back it, and tell you about the um, <laughs> how she got to the party yeah that's <laughs> right. that guy breaking into this bit. breaking into uh, her house <laughs> yeah it's not what you would have expected as a backstory and you know in, in other films with other actors with other writers it could be very irksome and it, it often is but with this one I think it just added to the fun um, And but what they did was they made the action brutal enough that it was never just a knockabout comedy um, yeah. that you actually felt things when people got hurt guns sounded like dangerous violent machines and punches sounded like they hurt and you know it, like when he hits not... him with the, when he hits him with the gun and he's like yeah, yeah, oh sorry yeah. i just felt like hitting you for no reason <laughs> <laughs> and one of the very few sort of bits that i'd seen before of this film it must have been in a video essay was her uh, slamming the door and cutting the end of his finger off um that really hurts like that feel you feel that you know because it's not it's not a weightless it's not so fun that you don't care at all about what happens to people. Yeah, uh, basically. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you there. Yeah, the violence when it do, when you do like, you know, when that woman gets shot by that guy, and um, yeah. she's like dying on the floor, and these and she like she goes to grab RDJ and he like puts his finger on her mouth. That's it is quite emotive, isn't it? And you know, yeah. Is... Whereas uh, Deadpool, which shares a lot of DNA with this sort of film, you know, you've got a, a fourth wall breaking, sarcastic narrator. I, I didn't really feel anything in Deadpool other than uh, laughs. You know, yeah. It was a. I didn't really care. Um, 
who lived and died because because I was told not to care about it because he was so sarcastic about everything. Whereas here, at least he he, he hurt and he felt things, you know. So yeah, yeah. I agree, it, it had that impact. Really good performances. I've not seen that many Val Kilmer films. I've seen The Doors and enjoyed that a lot. I think I've seen his Batman. Uh, I think he was in an episode of Entourage, uh, which <laughs> a shame. Doing to say watching, I, I, what were you doing watching Entourage? <laughs> um, you know, I, I was a different person, um, <laughs> and and he's great. You know, he's got charisma to burn, and he's 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 a bigger lad than I thought he was going to be. I know he was Batman, so he's obviously a big lad, but he's not really a Chad beefcake type person. But next to Rob Downey Jr., he's like. He's an well, imposing figure. He's a good six three, isn't he? <laughs> exactly, least. yeah, and, and 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 like fills out his suit properly, you know. Did you know so for this film he had to lose a load of weight because he had just made the Alexander film with Oliver Stone and he where he played uh, Alexander's dad Philip. I mean is he a and, fat man there uh, or is he just really beefed up? He's just ch- he's chubby. Right. He's not fat, but he's like <laughs> you know he's got a very visual medium this <laughs> yeah sorry he's um, go have a look at it it's uh, he plays the uh, famous philip of macedon he's well he's one of those people who you know if he was a professional footballer he'd retire at 34 and by 35 he'd look like fucking razor rudder fat ronaldo yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's an is it an endomorph or an egg exomorphic what? or what something like about? that um, yeah, uh, one what of about people. reactions? <laughs> types of chemical reactions. Well, they might that might also describe body types. I think mesomorphic is that a thing. Anyway, people who are like big boned and you know, like I would right. never be a twink type. <laughs> you know, I could, I could put all the effort in to be really skinny, but I don't think I'd ever be that. Lovely, there's an image. Yeah. Thanks for that. So just to yeah. have it on record, I'd never be a twink. That's the lovely. <laughs> I'm more of a bear more slash of a bear. Otter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a power bottle. <laughs> 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 oh, um, so yeah, let's get this back yeah. on track. So, so. Yeah, he's definitely that sort of person, but he kind of carries it really well in this, and he and he's and he's in shape for it, which is really good. And I think a little word on on his character. You know, gay Perry, and he's and he's gay, and it's a big part of and that. I could see how some people might criticise as that being somehow kind of homophobic, homophobic writing, but they give it to a gay character, so it can't be homophobic. You know, say, like, oh, we've got a black character, and he's always calling himself the N word, so that's not racist because he's a black character. And I could see how some people get kind of annoyed at that. What I really like about it is that he's kind of weaponized his sexuality. Right. In in a sort of way that I think a lot of straight people would like gay people to do, which is they are completely impossible to offend because they've, you know, they've gone through presumably a life of being called stuff and it affecting them and they've created, they like I say, they've weaponized it. You know, they've got this thing which is you can't offend him by calling him any particular slur. Because do you think it's important as well that he's he's quite a um, yeah he does own it doesn't he but do you think it's he's a very capable character as well yeah. like he is dangerous and, he's the Russell Crowe you know, of the nice guys in this yeah yeah you know he could beat the living daylights out of Robert Downey Jr. who is shown to be quite soft exactly <laughs> yeah uh, he you know soft. he should learn to fight one day <laughs> and, but he's like most of us would be in that situation you sort of forget that he's not. Tony Stark or like a, a, you know he's not actually even an actor never mind not even a private detective he's not even an actor yeah so he's just did a you, normal schlubby guy you know did you buy the premise that a guy who went to high school with a girl wouldn't recognise her like 10-15 years later 
Yeah, I think... Well, personally, I feel like I would recognise the girls who I had crushes on in primary school. But then again, I've had some of them on Facebook in the last five years, so I don't know if I would... But... But... Do you see my point where he's like, if it was just somebody who he barely knew, yeah, and then he was like, oh, there's that girl I kind of knew at school, and but in this it's an actual, you know, it's like, oh, I used to crush on this girl hard, and I don't recognise her at the bar for a good five minutes, but she recognised, I mean, at least she recognised him, thank Christ. Yeah, no, I mean, to be honest, it never occurred to me that that was unbelievable, um, right. and I can, I can see I, I how somebody was. could argue that it would be, but, do you know, it's... Yeah, I mean, they were probably at an age before she sort of turned into a woman, you know, so that's a big I don't change. know, but they do flashbacks when they're at high school. Oh, that's very true. Actually, that's very true, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, so... I, I personally, I didn't buy it. No, that's true. Yeah, I think anybody that I went to secondary school with, I would recognise them immediately. But I was so swept up in the film and so ready to like it that I didn't look for those flaws if that makes sense yeah you know? i think if yeah, i was just by it, i would see it. those those problems oh come on pull the other one but i'm so ready to like it that even any flaws that i did notice i was so forgiving of it because i was like well i like everyone involved in this i mean i suppose taking an example from my own life is a friend of mine i was someone i was friends with at school who obviously i knew up until about the age of like 18 19 I then once saw them in, um, I think it was King's Cross train station. No, not King's Cross. Which is the train station? In London. Yeah, Charing which Cross. Is the one that, no, it's the one that you have to get the train, where you get the train back up north. God, this is riveting. Oh. Um, Euston. Sorry. No, it's not Euston. <laughs> King's, Cro- it's King's Cross and St Pancras, maybe. No, it's not. I can't remember the name of the station. I, 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 I go I've to been King's there Cross. loads of times. I go to King's Cross from Leeds, so it's probably King's Cross. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I'm. Or used to. But yeah, <laughs> it's almost certainly King's anyway, Cross. But anyway, I saw somebody I knew and kind of had to look to check if I knew that it was them. Yeah. And didn't I didn't go up to him immediately and be like, "Oh, hey, you're so and so." And then it was only when I kind of realised it was them, went up to them, and even they were like, that random person was staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) Or or as they put it, giving me the stink eye. In his defence, he's at a party, he's a bit drunk, maybe the lighting's not great, he's not not got a good look at it, you know. And again, I don't don't really care. I think even if it was more glaring, it would, uh, there's a confirmation bias where I just wouldn't. But it wouldn't really affect my enjoyment of the film. Fair enough. Anyway, I think we've talked about that enough in oh, yeah, train stations. Um, um, anything else you liked about this film? Yeah, very stylish. Um, yeah. Not in a way that I can really put my finger on, other than obviously the noir conventions of it. Um, and I, and the twisty plot, I think, is probably um, something I really liked about it, but one of my very few criticisms, criticisms, which was I struggled to keep up with it. I think because so many of the victims look so similar... And so many of the lines are delivered quite quietly and sarcastically. And as you know, I watch everything with subtitles. The version on Prime does not have subtitles. So I literally don't hear dialogue. Oh my God, you had to watch a film without subtitles. My threshold for understanding what people say on film is so much lower than it would have, than it was before I watched subtitles. Um, so It's amazing I, you ever got through Tenet when we went to see it at the cinema. <laughs> well, that's, it. that's why I went back a second time and watched it with subtitles on. <laughs> so that's when I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I really like those, those things. Like I say, I think it was uh, very twisty. In terms of the things I didn't like, maybe the, the twisty bit did make it hard to 
keep up. But what they did really well was they did hold your hand through it. And it wasn't like with Tenet, where there's one throwaway comment in a sea of exposition that becomes really important later. They did hold your hand again and again. He told you and um, they told each other. He had had to explain it to somebody else. I think the other thing, uh, occasionally... I mean, actually, I made this note during one scene and I didn't really notice this as a problem uh, many other times, which was that the editing is a bit slapdash. Sort of one minute they might be in one room, then it cuts to other people talking and then the original conversation, people are in another room. Um, It felt like, and I don't know what Shane Black's processes as a director it felt like a director who gets very few takes to keep the spontaneity and keep the momentum so that he's not killing the joy of it and so maybe occasionally doesn't have the coverage that like a Stanley yeah. Kubrick would have you know like somebody who who wanted to drill the actors into the you know and go oh, well let's get another one for coverage of you walking from there to there maybe right. like what we know of Shane Black and what I've seen of him in interviews maybe he's the sort of director that you'd actually like to work for which would be quite fun and understands what it's like to be an actor doing the same thing over and over again pointlessly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's for me he's very much I think he's about he's a better writer I would say than a director. I think his writing style lends to a certain style of direction anyway. When you look at like the films that he's written and then you look at the films that got made when he was just a writer you know the films that he's done as a director there's no surprise that they kind of look similar but I think him and Robert Downey Jr. now to make they make they're they're a good, good films together a good combo and, and like just I said, like him and Ryan you Gosling to... are a good combo for the nice guys you know he's yeah. comic but he's a great straight actor and he's charming and he's fun you know yeah but that film works because he's got the you know the straight guy in Russell Crowe next to him as well hasn't exactly. he and just as and, this works because he's got the Val Kilmer yeah, yeah, I think uh, he's got definitely, you know, there's a formula, but it's one that's, it works, and it was interesting. One of the um, reviews I read was, oh, I wonder if they'll make a sequel, which is now, in hindsight, it's really sad, because I'd love to see a sequel to this. And, and you know, the nice guys kind of is that, isn't it? Yeah, kind of, but you could the have had them working. I would love to see another, like... You could even, even after all this time, it'd be good to see those like three characters. You know, you could you could have so much depth to them as well because so much time's passed. Well, yeah. If, you know, if Robert Downey Jr. is looking for a new project after Doctor Doolittle didn't do so well, or uh, Doolittle, yeah. uh, <laughs> he did little, didn't he? Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm hoping he goes. I hope he goes back to like films kind of like this. You know, where it's you know the whip smart dialogue and he's he's act he's acting all. But it, presumably, you know. that's. He wants to get away from being Tony Stark, and that is who Tony Stark is. Perhaps, perhaps. So, do you have any other criticisms, critiques, honourable mentions that you might want to say about this film before we move on? No, I mean, everything's been said, really. Um, you know, it's stylish, it's fun, it's witty, and I, I think, really, fundamentally, I've just really enjoyed watching it. And I think as as amateur film critic podcast type people it can be easy to overlook the fact that did you enjoy the film yes then it's a good film to you you know uh, did you enjoy the film no but i see that it's a searing work of genius well then you didn't enjoy it so it's not didn't do the job <laughs> yeah and this is not a searing work of genius but it is really good filmmaking um by some really talented professionals fair enough that's a very nice way to look at it so thanks mate We'll move on then. What was your favourite scene of this film? My favourite scene, uh, actually, it contains my favourite shot. I really mm. agonised over this because when I thought about it, there wasn't 
a scene that stood out as being you know the thesis point of the film or you know the scene that if you type into youtube kiss kiss bang bang best scene this will be the one that definitely will appear but i think the one that probably affected me the most and also qualifies as my best sh- as the best shot uh, was the the one you've already mentioned the the girl with the pink hair um, yeah pink yeah when she shot um it's not that it's the most significant of the film or anything like that it was just that as i said before for, for such a fun meta film it was the best demonstration that this film made me feel strong emotions yeah and as you said you know robert downey jr in that moment it's just such such wonderful acting to not really say much at all and convey so much with his eyes and i think the world knew he was a good actor before this and again i hate to have to bring up the mcu again and i know that it puts some people off if they are attrition well it's not it's not, it's not real cinema is it sam according yeah because uh, you know uh, only real he, cinema is about you know either priests suffering in japan or gangsters <laughs> And uh, but he, you know he's a phenomenal actor, and he he conveyed a lot of stuff in that for someone who who could seem like he might be a prick in real life. I don't know that. I've seen him in interviews, and he seems fine. I think one thing that I think one thing he yeah I think confident. one thing he does do well is he picks roles that suit his personality, if that makes yeah. sense. So he he goes yeah. for. He goes for characters who are like himself, so maybe he doesn't have to push himself too far. And you, and it's hard to see where RDJ ends and the character he's playing begins. Sometimes, you know, especially like you, you know, you see him in. I've seen him in interviews and in long form interviews. He's he's pretty much this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He might be a yeah, bit yeah. smarter than the character he's portraying, but you know, he's not a million miles away. You know, he's maybe I don't know if you've seen maybe it's him uh, turned up to eleven. If that makes sense. Yeah, quite possibly, and with good writers, so yeah. he's come up with himself. But like his audition um, for Iron Man or kind of test screening yeah. kind of thing, it has that, and he improvises a bit, and it is like you say, it's 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 him turned up because this is a guy you know who um, is born of some privilege, smart, witty, good looking, and famous from a very young age. Yeah, so, well, he was in weird know, science, he, wasn't he? When he was like eighteen he was, or yeah. something, and so he's very self confident. And I think that works so well for yeah. the likes of Tony Stark and this guy. So, yeah, I thought, and 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 yeah, again, he, he clearly has access to some strong emotions because he conveys it so well in his face. Yeah, uh, and it's very much my scene and my favorite shot where you see her and his. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, like in that scene, you don't even know who this girl is, so you're not kind of. It's no. a shocking act of violence, which I think's good that it you know when something violent happens you actually are like oh my gosh that was a violent thing yeah um and the disposable way in which these people see the people they work with and especially the women they work with yeah (laughs) this um yeah like the line where um she goes oh she slept with a hundred she's you know she slept with more people than she's had hot dinners and rub it down it was neck and neck there for a while but she skipped lunch <laughs> Very um, Robert Downey Jr. line. Yeah, um, yeah. I think as well with that scene is that you get that kind of you don't know who, like I said, you don't know who she is. It's just somebody who's been shot, they're dying in front of him, and it's the, it's the effect it has on him. And it's kind of like the moment he turns because he gets like he gets up out out from underneath the bed and just happens that the guns 
next to him yeah. and he shoots that <laughs> five <God>. about 17,000 <laughs> times just to make sure mm-hmm. yeah because he's you know he's so upset and angry at having watching this young woman get murdered basically yeah um, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean yeah it was my favourite scene as well because I think it's the most emotionally impactful uh, scene of the film uh, although I do really like the scene when they're in bed together and then it cuts to She's like, oh, I've got one confession to make, and then he and then he kicks her out after, and it's. And I tell you, this film is very good at at um, uh, what do you call it? Shadow like forecasting, foreshadowing, foreshadowing. You had all the words, but not uh, quite shadow the, forecasting. <laughs> you know, I not quite the quite, not quite in the right order there, didn't you? <laughs> Little things like you know how he'd said must be 20 or more minutes of screen time at least before that he said you know the great thing was she didn't sleep with my best friend um another thing was how he puts his hand on the kind of limb of the door um and she slams the door like the first time he goes to her apartment and she doesn't cut his finger off but then the next time it's because it's in character it's not like a incongruous thing uh, to show it's really good at foreshadowing I thought this film yeah I mean that I, door I mean, the, must the be sharp credits tell you the, <laughs> tell you the story of the film yeah 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 a lot of good things yeah so for me my favourite scene was that scene as well um, mm. I can't not deny it because it was so emotionally impactful and it kind of shifts the tone of the film a little bit um, what was your favourite line then son um, I think Gay Perry had a lot of really good lines he did didn't he and the one that when he first said it made me laugh out loud and I thought right well I'm writing that down as my favourite line because it is essentially a comedy I've said this this thing three times in the last couple of months my favourite films tend to be comedies that aren't comedies you know yeah. very funny films that aren't a comedy film um, and so the, I just really like it when he says look up the word idiot in the dictionary know what you'll find and RDJ says what picture of me no the definition of the word idiot which you are because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like a double layer joke he's not he's not making the obvious joke and he, you know he had a lot of good ones and he uh, he was he was just very witty the whole way through I thought I really liked it as well where they're having the he's doing the anti I'm here for you kind of speak you know he says go sleep badly any questions hesitate to call <laughs> yeah. you know sleep bad otherwise it um uh, oh yeah, and then he, and then he corrects him on his grammar. What fuckhead? Well, who taught you grammar? Badly's an adverb. Get out, vanish <laughs> again, because because she's corrected our DJ on that. Yeah, and then he thinks he's been smart. So um, who's right? I, I quite I like to I, 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 my grammar isn't so good enough. Basically, anybody who isn't Robert Downey Jr. is right. Because <laughs> to sleep to sleep is uh, a verb. Yeah. So to describe how you sleep is is adverb. So yeah. sleep badly is fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember what why she corrects him earlier on in the film is it I feel badly um, yeah because you like, wouldn't feel badly you'd just feel bad that means you? he's bad at feeling yeah, yeah <laughs> he's not yeah, describing yeah. how he feels yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> the mechanism by which you feel <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah no my favourite line of the film comes from Gay Perry as well um, mm. where he goes um, <laughs> Harry goes still gay me? No, I'm knee-deep in pussy. I just like the name so much I can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's weaponized his sexuality and he is totally 100% fine with himself. Yeah. Yeah, that is... Um, yeah, it's very good, isn't it? But you're right, there is so many great lines in this film. Um, it, is, mm. it is very funny, but it, you know, it's it's a black comedy uh, boom-tish. Um, oh, get out. Get uh, out. Was, yeah. There's another, uh, there was another one of... Perry where he's like 
you know, do you think this is good cup, bad cup? That's that's not what this <laughs> is. It's and what does he say he is? It's a fag and New Yorker. Some, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it is funny. Um, another line I quite liked was one that our DJ gets where he's like, when people are like, "Oh, what do you do?" and he goes, "I'm retired. I invited dice when I was a kid." <laughs> <laughs> that was great, actually. And what was really funny was that it wasn't it wasn't brought up explicitly, but the two or three girls that he talks to at parties when they ask him what he does, they immediately ghost him because they realise I don't know are they looking for like a casting director or <laughs> no like idea. somebody who's good in the film business yeah maybe I think that must be what they're looking for yeah because is it Flicker and that lass who's like this is what she does and she's in the uh, B movie horror schlock yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean I wish I had women that beautiful walk up to me at parties that's what <laughs> I did yeah never mind I'll, I'll be a casting director and yeah it's funny because a lot of a lot of the first half of the premise of this film hangs on the fact that he, he lies to her by saying that yeah, he is a yeah. um, he is an actual detective or private eye, and you know he wants to help her so much. Did you like? I mean, going back to the film a bit here, but did you like the fact in the end that it turned out his her sister just killed herself because um, because like basically. Um, you know, she she saw something. She thought she saw father and daughter doing something, and it just drove her to the air, over the edge. A little bit. It's it sad, sort of isn't like, it? It's quite dark. It is, but I think the fact that the way that Gay Perry kind of delivers that is so stony faced that you know he's not coming in with good news. Yeah, he's coming in with this is slightly different bad news. Yeah, and I I think to be honest, as you know, I'm a simple man, and so I often don't follow plots that are twisty uh, and I'm supposed to like try and piece it together I'm really not like a whodunit kind of kind of viewer and so I wasn't invested in, in a particular theory as to what happened to her sister right you know so I didn't I didn't really have an effect other than what it must have done to to I'm really terrible with the character names in this actually what's her name what the sister uh, the main um, uh, oh Michelle I should call her Michelle Monaghan uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's Harmony Harmony, that's, I should definitely know that. Yeah, I was more interested in what it did to her than actually any sort of sympathy for the, the sister or anything, because yeah. to my mind, she's not really a character of the film, because I've never really seen her uh, I mean, as she is. I mean, she takes her sister's death well by going to work the next day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did not Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, favourite shot, you said you mentioned it, it was the bit where she puts the... Yeah. Um, I, I did struggle for this one myself, Um I didn't really come up with it. It's stylish, but it's not like it's not like it's not atmospheric one, yeah, shots. Yeah, yeah, I think it could have been a bit it could have been a little bit more stylistic actually, in fact, you know, in terms of those yeah. one shot bits of you know, cinematography. Um yeah. I, I just went with when they're in the like the you know, when they go to the party and it's got like the art the human art installations. Mm, um yeah. I think there's a bit there yeah. where yeah, we're like when he's coming out of I mean they're more just like uh, interesting stimulate provocative shots rather than like yeah the the meaning f- behind the lens and the, yeah. and the lighting and that sort of thing yeah, yeah it's just it's more to show what hollywood's like isn't it you know these yeah. are the kind of weird shit they do in hollywood parties but there's a bit <laughs> where i think as he's coming out he's like looking at somebody look one of the women doing one of the she's all got all the makeup on that was that's a really cool shot i liked that yeah, 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 yeah. It's quite interesting. You know, but I, I feel like, yeah, I think with favorite shot, there are some films like this where you, 
you don't necessarily choose. I feel like I'd have to do have some sort of degree in some sort of filmmaking to to know what shot was the best in terms of what made the film really good, yeah. rather than just oh, I remember that shot. Yeah, fair enough. Right, Sam, what we're going to do is we're going to bugger off for a break, and then we're going to do the critics. Your uh, view, you know, your numbers out of ten for this film. Uh, we'll uh, tell them what we're going to do next week, and then wrap up. How does, how's that sound I'm, to you? I'm turgid with excitement. A good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, penally, 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 turgid. Lovely. Right. <laughs> See you after the break. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Please Watch This. So now we're going to... I'm not going to give you a choice, Sam. Because I'm... It's just because, you know, um, that's how I feel. Uh, We've done <laughs> yeah, more, I've more finally taken a, than I've finally <laughs> taken a stance on it. I'm going to do the critics. Um, so we're going to start with uh, our favourite uh, written critic, uh, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. <laughs> So, would, so do you think? Uh, what do you think, Rog thought of this film? He like he, he enjoys cinema, doesn't he? He's not snooty at all. I think he's going to give this a three and a half. Let's find out. So, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is slowed down to a straightened out just enough to that we can see it makes no sense. Does that matter? Two answers. Number one, no. When what is happening on the screen works as itself, without regard for the plot, and yes when you can see that the movie is plainly spinning its wheels. Um, yeah, Rod wasn't the biggest fan of this film, as it turned out. Mm. So he goes on to say, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang contains a lot of comedy and invention, but doesn't much benefit from its clever style. The characters and plot are so promising that maybe Black should have backed off and told the story deadpan instead of mugging so shamelessly for laughs. Uh, he further says the dialogue exists not to explain anything or to advance the story. It exists entirely in order to be dialogue. So he gave it uh, he gave it two and a half stars. He actually also he actually said that he saw this film twice. Um, do you really need to see it once? Not exactly. It was kind of damning. <laughs> he wasn't like no, you shouldn't see this film. But he wasn't like well, you should go definitely see this film. So yeah, it didn't tickle his uh, didn't tickle his. Silver top fancy, I'm afraid. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's a man whose opinion we respect, and I can, I can understand his point of view. I mean, it's not, a, it's not an essential film, is it? Oh, I think you it's, know. I think it's really good, me. Yeah, but it's not a top fifty. I think it's very good. You have to see these films. I think it's very no. It's probably not top fifty, but it's very good on like how to write dialogue and how to have chemistry yeah, with yeah. characters. Like, yeah, as I've demonstrated, I like it, and there's a lot to be said for it. You know. It, it is very good. I think the characters are very believable as well, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the politics of the film. You know, I don't think a character like Gay Perry would be acceptable these days. Even People say that. I know they do, but I tend to think it's a different time now, isn't it? Like It is. And so what you like, think on Twitter, d- people, would, people would say, oh, this is just a straight man writing a gay character like he wants gay people to talk. But actually, it's not the truth of being gay, and then that's a valid argument. But I don't think it would cancel the film. 
No, I don't think it'd cancel it, but I don't think he. I don't think you'd have the scene where is it the um, the casting director is basically saying, oh, um, you know, is it you know like when you look at when he's talking about looking at men, and he goes, oh, there's a guy who can fix my roof. <laughs> is that is that the way you look at it? He says something like that, doesn't he? When he's just but you know that's a good point. That, that I, I think it would be totally fine now, and it would have its critics, but then people criticise anything really, don't they? And what I really liked about that scene was. That was a really good way of putting it. That somebody would put it that way on like a podcast or on a on a medium that is not as scrutinized as mainstream media say. Right. Where that is literally what it is. It's like for a lot of straight people, understanding what a gay let's say a lot for a lot of straight man, understanding what a gay man thinks and sees when he looks at another man mm. is baffling. The idea that they would look at a man and find them sexually attractive I thought the way he put that was actually really interesting and like you know when when somebody wants to know somebody else's experience so they ask a question or put it in a way that seems naive but it's because nobody's actually ever explained it to them yeah and so it's honourable it's honourable in asking it you know yeah fair enough I mean yeah I think it might be something you would ask a friend maybe like somebody you've known for many years maybe not just like the random guy you're speaking to at a party it's not Shane Black doing a press conference and asking he's portraying a conversation privately isn't he yeah you've got you've got a very good point there to be fair um, so yeah would you like to hear another critic's response Love so that. we've got Peter Bradshaw writing in The Guardian at the or time uh, there is too much knowingness for the movie to work as a thriller per se and so some may object that the postmodern black comedy functions as an alibi for a plot we can't easily follow and characters we can't easily care about. In the absence of thrills, as such, black supplies Tarantino-esque flourishes of catastrophic accidental violence from Harry, which elicit eye-rolling impatience from Perry. I can only say that for me it was just clever enough by half, with cracking one-liners which continue right to the closing credits. Is it too much to hope that Downey and Kilmer and Monaghan, like Hope and Crosby and Lamore, will be tempted back to the road to LA once again. So Peter, he preferred it a lot more. To he gave it four stars in the Guardian. Oh right, that's yeah, that's interesting because in some ways that almost sounded more tepid than Old Rog. Really? I um I kind of I appreciate that point of view, um, but I think I enjoyed it more than he made it seem like he enjoyed it because it's a legitimate point of view to say this film is too knowing. Mm. If you didn't, if you weren't on board with that, yeah, you know, um, I think it's um, it comes across as well as if a film sets out like we what was it we used to say like in the first five minutes or something a film needs to it, it explains how to watch that film. yeah and this film does that I think very well like you in the first few minutes of the film you want to know more don't you about this kind of you have to buy into its central yeah and I, mechanism maybe I'm like I'm like you Sam I'm a simple man I just maybe I do enjoy like. <laughs> quick-witted dialogue films that you know people are too smart by half um it's impossible to ignore the tarantino uh yeah you know, parallels as well isn't it you know it's it's kind of people but doing you could argue i mean you could argue tarantino was influenced by shane black do you know what I mean? well i mean he was doing it before tarantino was yeah. so yeah definitely um you know but it is it's, it's you know it's these gangster types who are not just these arch gangster types they're being a bit incompetent or a bit yeah. sarcastic and, and he, I think the characters are very believable in this film aren't they the characters are well written yeah. do you know that's that's the one thing I would say that I like about this film a lot is you know you've got very 
you've got very specific characters, which real life is like. People are very specific. They everyone has their quirks and their idiosyncrasies. You know, not everyone's a. Some people, for example, some people say idiosyncrasies. Um, so Did, no, I say like idiosyncrasies. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that. Just <laughs> and Vietnamese and yeah, you know, yeah whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you, no, you're right. It, you like the boat is. that rocked, so over <laughs> over Citizen Kane, so you you don't get an opinion. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say Vietnamese for about twenty five years. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I think you're right, and it, they are believable characters, and they're not all cool and suave and sophisticated, and and but they, they do bleed. Yeah, they're human, aren't they? You know, yeah. like Gay Perry is, even though he's like the most kind of comic booky sort of character in it. But he, even he is, he's got his own like breaking point. Like he can only put Robert Downey Jr.'s character's stupidity for so long before he's like, yeah. you know, he, he hates, he doesn't like him. And, you know, he gets like the horrible withering one line is like, I hope this is improving your acting and exactly. things like and that. He, and he just loses cool sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Sam, how many five feet out of ten would you give this film? <laughs> <laughs> so, I suppose. Out of thirty. <laughs> okay, I can scale it up to thirty if you like. Yeah, I would give this twenty-two point five. Right. So what's that? <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> um, Twenty-seven point uh, five. Oh, you're giving it a seven point five. Seven point five. Right. Lovely stuff. Thanks for doing. It's very good. Yeah, it's well above average. That's what I tell the girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's at least a few millimeters above average, <laughs> um, but it's not a it's not a life changing experience. It's not an eight out of ten, but it is a very strong film. Fair enough, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, I'd give it like a seven or an eight. As you know, I don't do halves. Sounds like a seven point five to me. Hugh. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Maybe for Christmas, I might give you a half a mark as a <laughs> present. You know, podcast present. Go on then, I'll say 7.5 for a, yes. as a Christmas. Merry Christmas, it, yeah. everyone. There you go, Christmas miracle. <laughs> it's the most wonderful. I'll add that in. I'll add in the bit from um, Aladdin from It's a Wonderful Life where they go, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> you know. What a wonderful film that was. Yeah. Wonderful film. So, Sam, I know, and you know, that I know that you know that I know that you like quizzes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so would you like one? Oh, you know me. I, I jizz for a quiz, Hugh. Lovely. That's the... Keep that image. Lovely. Lovely. That's what. That's how I like to think about Don't these things. Out. No, I might. That's my legacy. <laughs> <laughs> for posterity. Ooh. Right, so question one. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you steady? Go on. What is Gay Perry's actual full name? Uh, it's mentioned a couple of times. Uh, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Um, so Perry is not his... F- is that his first name? Oh, no, his first name's Perry. Okay, yeah. Perry so Mason. It's basically what? Perry Mason it's, is a yeah, detective. Yeah, it's, I'm not yeah, going to accept Mason. any you other answer for that. Yeah, no, it's you, a very you got very Dutch-sounding name. Van Eisendorn. Lovely. Uh, Van Persie? You know? Van... Yes. The man. <laughs> Morrison, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, Van Shrike. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't have got that in th- 5,000 years, I would have thought, but I recognise it, how you mention it. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Lucky, I thought you might have picked up on that, just because <laughs> it's 
it's um, it's a thing that that's... a quiz person would pick up on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've let you've let yourself down. If <laughs> I sort of forgot there was going to be a quiz element, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so, question two: What colour was the horse in uh, RDJ's dad's joke? I appreciate you bringing it up earlier in the episode. It was blue. I did. I did mention it earlier just to give you a, I might have a heads up. It, but uh, yeah, it helped that you said it an hour ago. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. Uh, what was the name of Harry's best friend in school that Harmony slept with? That he repeats about 15 times. Yeah. Yeah, see... I don't know. His name I didn't intentionally repeat again. It's not like it's not an everyday Dave kind of name, is it? Slightly different. First name is, but it's not a pop. Won't be a popular name in this country. But the name, it is, the name like that a, springs to mind is Preston, but that is completely wrong. That is completely wrong. Yeah, right? I, I, so I genuinely don't know. It's Chuck Chutney. See, this is the problem with me not watching something with subtitles on. You'd have got that. I would have got that. It would have stuck in the old brain piece. I mean, who calls a kid Chris? Chuck Chutney is beyond me, or Charles Chutney is beyond I don't weird, understand any aspect of that name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> in America for a white person, it's mental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, question four then. What song does Gay Perry have as his ringtone? Oh, do you know what's happened? How will you listening? Uh, you've got drunk and you've become a I've total I've got drunk mess. and all I'm thinking about is um, Michael Scott from The Office has got. Uh, my humps, my lovely lady lumps, as <laughs> as he's ringtone. Well, it's, it's not that. He did have, me and him did have the same phone, though, at one point in time. <laughs> <laughs> what, you and Gay Perry or Michael Scott? Yeah, yeah. I, no, me and Gay Perry, I used to have that phone. You're going to have to Good give me phone. a clue. I feel like I'll get it. I feel like I'll definitely get it. Um, I remember that scene. Do you want me to give you the, do you want me to give you the artist? Can do, can do. I think, you'll, I think if I give you the artist, you'll, it'll give it away. Gloria Gaynor. Oh, I will survive? It is, yeah. I mean, that that is a giveaway, but I appreciate it. It is a giveaway. I'll take yeah. the point. It was, it's Christmas, what can I say? Presents all <laughs> that. And... That's not really my present, is it? Uh, <laughs> There's something in the purse, yeah. I assume. <laughs> I bad news for you, then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the point. Thank you. Um, question five. Excellent you can first. see here I uh, ran out of steam with the questions. <laughs> uh, which two famous people turn up at the uh, hospital at the end? Uh, when he's like we'll bring everyone back and oh Abraham like, Lincoln and yep oh I only saw Lincoln I'm sure I saw some, maybe I saw someone else um, there is somebody else what sort of realm are they from are they political are they I'm not giving you this one fuck off <laughs> <laughs> but it's my birthday yeah in about in April. four months <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I only saw Lincoln um, and I, I just sort of like blanketed the rest as being people who actually died in this film um, uh-huh. is, it a, is it an athlete I just gave you a clue Oh, what did you say? You weren't listening. I didn't even. Uh huh. <laughs> I can only guess it's Shaken Stevens. <laughs> Close. Wales's response to Elvis Presley. <laughs> so, who have you just said there, then? <laughs> Shaken Stevens. And then after that. Cliff Richard? <laughs> um, yeah, fuck it, why not? Yeah, it was Cliff it Richard. Christmas. He's it not even Christmas dead. Himself. Yeah, he's Christmas. There you go, Cliff Richard. <laughs> oh, yeah, mention no. at Christmas. Yeah. yeah, he's not even dead. Um. But he <laughs> might be similar to Elvis. Yeah. Which I'm sure you've figured out by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Elvis okay. Presley. That one, yeah. Right. Not Costello, he's still Elvis. alive. Right, fair enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Okay. I'll, t- I'll take um, the point. I guess, so yeah, you got three, I suppose. <laughs> Merry Christmas. 
<laughs> and a happy new year, I imagine. Yeah. Sam, I've got one other question I want to ask you this, this evening. Um, would you recommend this film to people? Yes. Good. Because I, <laughs> I think they'll have fun. Yeah. It's a good Christmas film, definitely. Christmas is definitely important in this film. It's Christmas time. That's great. Good for you. Um, <laughs> so, Sam, do you do you want to do you want to go back to like of the format that we've established over the last year and a half? Uh, what the please watch, watch this for next week. Sort yes, of thing. that that's the one. Yeah, You're catching on. Yeah, yeah. So it's just that it's just that I usually ask you, don't I? I've, yeah. I've messed this up. <laughs> you've you've fucked that up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. And I knew why exactly I thought... what you were waiting for. Yeah, and I thought, yeah. the, I'm the penny squirm, was... make himself look like yeah. a proper dickhead. <laughs> yeah, the penny didn't drop there, did it? Well, yeah. Um, do you know what Glorious. can I say? But I can see why you've thrown because it's an unusual. Uh, do you know shoot. what it was? I was because pl- in my mind I was the one doing the, uh, the promo <laughs> for next week. To be honest, uh, yeah. Not well, because to be fair, it's going to be my week after. So it's an unusual yeah. week listener uh, last year we did a decade retrospective uh, despite having only seen maybe three or four films between us for some of the years but ignore that um <laughs> uh, so feel free to listen back last year three-parter yeah we're hoarse by the end it was one record and you know listen if you want it genuinely won't affect our lives if you do or don't it will only affect your life um we're gonna do a retrospective of the please watch this films of this year we you know are. it's been a weird year it's been a lockdown year we've Neither of us have been able to go to the cinema that many out. times. Yep. So it's not going to be a, a you know a yearly retrospective. Although if I was to do that, I would say that I really enjoyed some films. Uh, New Mutants was mediocre, and uh, Rock On for the next year where the cinemas will be open presumably. Um, instead, we're going to look at the forty. What was it six forty six films? I think it's forty six. When we've, yeah, with this one we're going to go somewhere in the region. Yeah, of we're going to do basically we're going to do a top ten of our films of the podcast from last from the last calendar year basically yeah. is what we're going to do uh, for... we'll talk about films that have been recommended to us by us yeah. uh, the films we loved the films we hated maybe a little quiz thrown in as well so we if you are a, a you know, if you're a recurring fan if you if you listen to us regularly this for is... god's sake get in touch with us so we can confirm yeah. that it's been worth it yeah. uh, but, validate but, us with your opinion <laughs> absolutely um, but you know look through our episode list we've got a, I've sort of got a letterbox that you can find on our twitter stream that shows all of our uh, the films that we've covered and, and it's in particular it's my Sam's uh, ratings of them it's not the show's ratings yeah. for them uh, I've urged Hugh to do it he hasn't done it um, I'm just because uh, I don't want to that's the main, main reason <laughs> good, as good a reason as any to do anything or not do anything so yeah it's going to be a retro on the 46 films we're not going to cover them all we're going to cover our best and our worst yeah so if look um, out for uh, that on the Boxing Day 26th that's when that comes is that out that is when it is yeah. so if we record it next week then it'll be future out. people aren't they lucky Oh, 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 oh. Um, How was yeah. that situation? Now I think now in now you do actually have to ask me something. Mm. Hugh, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, we've already been through that. <laughs> My second question is: if they wanted to get in touch with us and tell us their favourite film of the forty-six that we've covered this year, uh, how could they do that? So what they need to do is they need to go to Hollywood, go and try and get some casting. You know, maybe pick up a bit of like extracurricular activity experience yeah shrapnel in the arm yeah private detective would be perfect (laughs) in this situation and uh, yeah Um, and in the course of that maybe if they've got an office maybe use their email to uh, email Uh, the show at pleasewatchthis.pod at gmail.com we do have a filter if it's not from 
the hills of Hollywood, we yeah. do not. Yeah, it's it. got to be an upmarket agency, hasn't it? We're that not... does explain why we don't get enough emails here. Perhaps, I mean, perhaps. We maybe need to talk strategy. Maybe, maybe there's hundreds and you've filtered them all out. <laughs> John but from Basingstoke, we don't. <laughs> Especially Basingstoke. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sam, that's yes. that's that's that, isn't it? Um, if they do want you have to a question for me, us, Hugh? Not particularly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if they want to contact us. Through other means on mm. on the internet, how would they do that? Best way to do that would be Twitter. I'll be one hundred percent honest with you. Yeah, uh, we're not consistent on Instagram or, or no. Facebook, but we are contactable. But yeah, for Twitter's the one. It's at Please Watch Pod. At Please Watch um, Pod. We're right there. Yeah, you can always get in touch with us there. Sam will respond to you within minutes. Within, I mean, it could be thousands of minutes. Could be. Could Double be. digits of minutes. Could be. But I will respond. Who can say? It's the mystery that keeps you coming back, I think. It is. It is. Well, Sam. Saucy bastards. Um, yeah, that brings an end. I'm glad I watched this film. It's been a year. I wanted to watch it last year, but we had our yeah. Christmas film sorted. Yeah. Thanks for recommending it, Hugh. Good stuff. I really look forward to our retro next week. Yeah, so all that's left to say is Merry Christmas to the listeners. Listener, I love you. I wish you the merriest of Christmases and the happiest and th- I think we'll well 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 we'll speak to them before the new year. So yes, just but Merry I Christmas. still want to just oh, really oh, get get into that. Get, oh, just get in there. Salutation. Oh. Lovely. So yeah, Merry Christmas, listener. I love you. Hugh is warming towards you. Maybe like a radiator that needs to le- that needs to be ble- bled. You know, it's warming <laughs> it's steadily not, I'm, I'm year not by dying year. A plague, am I? You need to be bled. <laughs> well, Lister, all that remains to be said is the things that yeah. have been said. We'll talk at you next week. Bye! Bye.